0: Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to the viral music hub podcast. Uh, I'm Lawrence O'Brien once again. And, uh, today I have, um, a, a new guest on and, uh, name is, goes by, uh, sweaty Lamar. Um, Tara, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm, uh, I'm doing okay. How about you? Uh
0: I'm, I'm very good. I, I was very excited to have you on. Um, Thank you. so you're relatively new to, um, being uh, like a, a full, like a full time artist uh, is that correct?
1: Yeah. I would say I'm not even full-time yet. I'm, uh, I very much have a day job that I just wrap. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: <laughs> I am new to performing music and writing music. I have certainly been a fan of music, but it would be very weird if I came here and said, you know, I've only been listening to music for about three weeks. So I have always been a lifelong lover of music. I was that obsessive Beatles fan as a kid who was dragging that big silver anthology book to the fourth grade, like, recess hour. I'd be sitting there reading this book. So I was always a music obsessive. But, yeah, I only started writing music as a pandemic hobby gone awry.
0: You know, it's funny because I've heard that was actually kind of a trigger for a lot of people um, that have kind Mm -hmm. of gotten into actually really take music like i don't want to say take it seriously but like really seriously get into songwriting and doing stuff because i think obviously that that time period when it started everything started i think a lot of people were very uh confused what to do with themselves and for a long period of time and uh, i think a lot of uh, people creative people uh kind of developed um a way in in which to say hey like maybe i now i have the time to actually flesh some of these ideas out and maybe actually go forth with and actually do some of this stuff uh, professionally on a professional level and um yeah. yeah so like you're not the first person i've heard that that said that to me so i find that very interesting uh, that this is kind of this has kind of been an event for that has sparked a lot of maybe new musicians um interestingly enough, you know, a pretty negative event that is has <laughs> actually actually kind of spurned on the more of a um a creative spurt you know and maybe in this generation
1: so I was not going to be getting a sourdough starter together. Uh, what happened with me was you know, I have been writing a novel for. Last two or three years now. And I have about 60,000 words. So I made a lot of progress on that. And that was going to be my creative pursuit of my life writing fiction, you know, maybe some poetry. But I woke up one morning, March of 2020, right at the start of the pandemic, with these lyrics in my head. And I got up and I walked over to my phone and I sent myself an email with the lyrics and I thought, hmm, maybe I'll write a short story about musicians. And that was genuinely the idea that I had. Two musicians on parallel journeys who keep writing songs about each other and find each other again. And then the next morning I woke up and I just sung the song out loud once and I went, God damn it. Okay, now I have to learn how to sing the Uh. second i sung that song out loud it was like a curse was thrown at me by some wicked hot witch you know hot but wicked and she was just like you are now cursed with having to make this music and so i did i started voice lessons pretty quickly i very luckily found an amazing voice teacher uh, who has become a a very beloved friend chelsea freelander wonderful (laughs) opera singer uh started watching a lot of videos you know like andy guitar on youtube like hey here's how you play this buffalo springfield song (laughs) and i bought a guitar because i didn't even have one here i got an 89 dollars guitar that has since fallen apart the bridge is a mess dude um yeah and i just started writing and you know learning how to play the guitar and working with friends of mine who produce and who are amazing engineers and that's how this nightmare started.
0: Wow. <laughs> note, note to people, if you want to start playing guitar, it's okay to buy an $89 guitar. It is. Don't worry about it. As, it long, as, you get, as long as you get started and learn the basics on that, it's okay.
1: Yeah. You
0: don't have to buy a $1,000 guitar right off the bat. Like
1: No, that's please, your second guitar. Please then don't. Then you think, yeah. <laughs> then you think don't. you're so good and you need to have like a really good you're like okay i'm getting better and now i need a better guitar so i can step my game up and then you do what i did which is buy the like eight hundred dollar yamaha trans acoustic with the battery pack so you get all of the reverb and and the hall in there uh yeah, that's what I did. I went from an eighty nine dollar guitar to an eight hundred dollar yeah, guitar. Yeah, that, that,
0: that's how quickly this uh, this obsession can can get. Uh, mm-hmm. exp- how this music obsession can get very expensive very quickly. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty dangerous once you once you get in. It's, it's like hard to to get out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but that, I that's really cool that you just kind of jumped into this so quickly and uh you, you i really uh admire that the amount of effort you put in just to get to where you are already i mean that's that's pretty that's pretty amazing it, it, uh steps that you've already taken in just a couple of years i i know a lot of people i think um are are very hard headed about taking lessons and stuff and i i think that's really cool that you actually went out and 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 took vocal lessons and everything um you know as, for, as someone that hasn't taken vocal lessons I, I think that's really neat um i've always wanted to um dive into it at some point and, and maybe try some myself but um what what do you feel that you was, were some of the big things you learned um from the, the vocal lessons and why why maybe should other people uh take part in them uh if you're looking to maybe improve what you're doing
1: Everything. I mean, I had done karaoke, you know, I, but I was not a singer. It wasn't something I secretly had this dream of doing. I mean, besides, you know, when anyone listens to Judy Garland, you're like, God, I wish I could do that. <laughs> or Bowie, you know, doing Golden Year. You're like, okay, yeah, I wish I could do this, but... You know, I didn't have that secret dream for myself. But when I started with my voice lessons, and I'll be honest, I probably didn't even have a full octave because I wasn't using my voice the right way. And that was really important. So my first voice teacher, I work with three just at different times for different reasons. They all have different sounds and techniques. Uh, My first voice teacher, her primary thing was really working the voice as a muscle and doing it safely you know conditioning as opposed to just roiding out and so <laughs> she was like, yeah and so a lot of it was just breathing the right way and breathing oh. the right way is huge and she's given me good advice she says at the end of the day when you're doing recording or you're doing a performance your body should feel tired but your throat should not
0: yes yeah very because sure. it's
1: about using your intercostal muscles it's about yeah you know expanding the palates in the way that you need them to so everything Uh, but your throat should feel sore right and that was important to me because i primarily warm up to this day by just singing "Danzig" in the house and like (laughs) against me those are my two warm-ups it's snakes of christ and it's animal by against me so I'm never just like me, 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 me. I'm always just like rocking out at 9 a.m. My poor neighbors. But I,
0: I, I don't think I've ever heard Glenn Danzig <laughs> was somebody's warm up. That That is definitely one of the more interesting things I've, I've heard on this show so far. So <laughs> I, I can definitely appreciate that, though. That's awesome. I
1: sing him better than I sing my I swear to God. I sing Danzig better than I sing anything I've written for myself. It's just <laughs> By virtue of us both being five three Italians from Bergen <laughs> County, there's just that kinship there. <laughs> and uh, the second I got into him, I was like, "Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be in a dance cover band. Instead, I'm wasting my time writing my own stuff. Great, great." <laughs> um, yeah. So she, you know, she really taught me to use my voice safely. And now, two years later, or almost two years later. I have over 3 octaves. I've an over 3 octave range. So, I was able to grow, but I was able to grow safely because I'm sure if I was just screaming like I would want to, it you know, it just it wouldn't have worked and I would have probably blown my voice out and had some nasty throat polyps.
0: Oh yeah, no. We don't you don't want that. But yeah, the big thing, diaphragm, yeah. diaphragm, diaphragm, you know. You got to you got to kind of like, you know, sing from, you know, within there, you know. It's, um, it's, I think it's important to, um, you know, you have to train your, your vocal muscles the right way. And uh, like you said, and it's not, it's not just about, like you said, your throat shouldn't hurt. It's like, you should be, it's, it's like a multi-process thing. It's not just from your vocal cords. It's from all the different muscles that you use. So, you know, it's, it's, I think that's very important for any singer to know. Yeah.
1: And I, you know, I would recommend voice lessons to anyone if they want to work on singing. I actually have a former coworker who's a friend of mine who had seen me posting about taking voice lessons and had seen me singing online. She's like, oh, like, where did you learn to do this? And I said, why do you want to sing? And she's like, yeah, I've always been curious. And I sent her the number of my voice teacher and they work together twice a week to this day. So. Even if it's just something that you wanted to learn how to do for yourself, like some people run marathons, other people, you know, some people learn to paint. This is something you can learn to do. And it seems crazy because everybody tells you, oh, you can only be talented if you have that innate talent. Mm. I'm here to tell you, not really. I was not talented at all, folks. And uh here I, well, I still won't say I'm talented in anywhere <laughs> where you can quote me, but uh, <laughs> I've gotten better. I've gotten better at this through work and through training.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's amazing actually what you can teach yourself, you know, and especially in music, you know, I mean, I know when I started guitar, I, I, I took guitar lessons. I, so I did in my own way, I did like what you did when I started, you know, I, I was like, you know, uh, I do need some guidance. I like, I, I'm not going to try to learn all this myself. And I, I started when I was in high school, I started taking lessons, this guy named Rob at a local family music center. And uh, yeah, he taught me a lot, you know, and just in terms of, of, you know, where to position my hand and like sure. an- anchoring my hand on the guitar and just, uh, you know, it's just all the little fundamental stuff that that's really important. And, makes things a little easier when you play and uh you know gave me some building blocks to work from uh for sure and so you know (laughs) lessons are okay it's not everybody (laughs) not everybody is dime bag daryl can just pick up a guitar and just like shred without lessons you know like it's not it's not like that for everybody so don't feel like you're a failure if you can't just pick something up and be like i'm not good at it i'm like yeah that's okay that's most like 99 of people so
1: (laughs) And same thing with voice. Like, you know, I think people really assume that, you know, th- everyone's okay with guitar lessons. If you took guitar lessons when you were a kid, everybody's like, oh yeah, I did too. Almost every guitar player I know has taken yeah. lessons or teaches lessons now, yeah. uh, but voice it's seen as this thing that you can't access right. uh, through lessons. And I mean, here I am, we should normalize it. Even when I talk to people who I know who are in bands, professional singers, and they're like, oh, I, I should have done some voice lessons. It would have helped me in this way or that way. So I think it's incredibly useful. I would not be able to have sung the songs that I've made so far without it. I <laughs> need, I just needed it. I needed to get comfortable singing. So even that one hour a week of practice really helps. And on the flip side, if voice lessons or music lessons are something that you cannot afford or you don't have the time to dedicate yourself towards there are a ton of free resources now. I mean, mm-hmm. YouTube, I learned how to play guitar off of YouTube Yeah. and one of the voice coaches that i work with Vanessa, she has a YouTube series called you can sing and she posts free videos on there with different vocal techniques. And it's, she even has one that's like things you shouldn't eat before you go into the studio because they can trigger acid reflux or different things Whoa. for your stomach, you know? So there are so many free resources out there. Just, for a lot of people to create music. They sit there with fear and they're like, I don't know where to start. I'm afraid to pick up this guitar that I bought. I'm afraid to play a chord because nah. it's going to sound ugly.
0: It's like, it's going <laughs> to, <laughs> don't, yes. don't And then you're worry. never going to want to
1: stop though. That's yeah. the thing. Like the second I started writing my novel, I was looking at that blank white page and I had that SpongeBob feeling of like what I learned in boating school is <laughs> and I just could not start. And then once I started, I was like, oh, I'm 40 pages in and it's been a week. Okay, great. Then I couldn't shut up. So there is a rush that comes from finally saying, no, I'm going to start singing. I'm going to start playing the guitar or the piano. And then you will not want to stop. I promise. Even if you don't think you're good at it, because you'll think that every day forever. But you also have those moments of, oh, I didn't know I could do this. So I always recommend this to people.
0: Just now you're, so you're writing an, novel and how, you know, so you've been like a writer for like a good amount of your life. Uh, was that something you grew up really enjoying to do like writing or is it something you dove into later in life?
1: I was always the creative supporter. I was always the one who was championing my friend's creative works. So I <laughs> had a deep passion for music, for movies, for books, for whatever media I consumed and loved but I was always the one photographing my friends' concerts and baking brownies for my friends and sending them off with little little big treats on tour. I was always that person. I was actually an artist manager during college. I managed an artist. So I did not expect that it would be me. I always assumed I would be behind the scenes. And when people meet me now, they're like, I don't get how you ever could have thought that. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I was raised as a woman in society. We're told... Even the loud ones like me, were told to be quiet. We're told to be the ones behind the scenes fluffing up the guys. And, you know, my music, my local music scene as a teenager was entirely dominated by men and boys. And, you know, these are my friends' bands and like they played shows in my house and they named songs after me, but I was never the one singing up there alongside them. You know, I was running the shows at the local DIY venues And so, no, it wasn't a part of my life. And even writing, I had wanted to write, and then I fell in love with a boy in college, and I remember it, because it's this formative moment of my life. I was standing in the post office, I was running uh, an errand for an internship I was doing for a music company. And he was texting me and he was like, you're so funny. You need to just get up on a stage and do stand up or just do something because everything you have to say is so insightful. And now, yeah, granted, he was one of those like 30 year old guys dating a 19 year old. So it's like, how insightful could I have been at 19? But he was, I guess I should take it as a compliment from the 31 year old. Uh, He was like, you know, you're so insightful. And I think that what you have to say is so emotionally truthful. And I remember this and I wish I still had that text message to frame it somewhere because in that moment, I said, oh, yeah, I need to do something like this with my life. And it took years, even from that point, I had wanted to start doing something. And I guess the story I had to tell hadn't come to me yet and who I needed to be to write and make the content I make now. I wasn't there yet, I wasn't that girl. Um, I started writing my novel in maybe 2018, 2019, because the story I'm telling in that novel is based on some things I witnessed and those things happened before that, but not too far before that. So I was like trying to write while it was fresh and I'm still in the process because, you know, I wanna give myself room to develop as a writer. I also really love to write outside of my house. So like if I can run away to the Jersey shore and write <laughs> down there or something, it, it really helps. Again, there are a lot of economic and resource barriers to creation, and it's very disappointing. Very luckily, you know, I call my parents sometimes. I'm like, can I take a weekend down at your little shore condo? And they're like, okay. And then I go down there and I write.
2: Nice. But I'm lucky <laughs> to
1: have that. Not everyone has that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it's really fascinating because I, I relate so much to what you just said. Um. I also fancy myself more of a person that's the support system and for a lot of people and it definitely took many years for me to like say okay I'll, I'm, I'm and I'm still I think in that process of you know making my own things is, is very difficult for me because I have a lot of a lot of anxiety a lot of confidence uh, issues where that I deal with and it's very hard for me to put myself out there sometimes in terms of stuff like that. So, you know, for years, I've been that guy where I, I hype a lot of other people up, you know, and I like, I liked, but I enjoy doing that because like, to me, I think I get a a rush of like endorphins from doing that. Like I get, I get a rush from helping other people and like, and like being support system for other people and, and telling them, you know, Hey, you're good. And like other people should listen to you. And and or see what you're doing and so I I get that I really do get that and I think that's such a good like interesting thing for you to mention because like I think there's a lot of people out that like that out there if you're that type of person you know that doesn't mean you can't do it though you know like Mm -hmm. you can do it you know it's but you could still do what you're doing too you know but that doesn't mean you have to be the person that's behind the scenes all the time if you don't want to be you know, some people like that though. It, and let's not get that twisted yeah. either. Like you don't always have to be the guy like, you know, and that, that's where we get some of our great producers from is that, you know, Yes. So, you know, and I yeah. think, I think that's, you know, another piece of the puzzle that we kind of forget about is like, I think a lot of those people end up being really good producers because they're able to see, you know, things that, that yeah. some of the, some of the musicians themselves aren't seeing from that point of view. And you know I, I just think there's it's it's an interesting way to look at it as well.
1: I mean, we would not if I was just creating and if we were all just creating, how would we really get our name or sound or writing out there, if not for people who are doing what you're doing with this show or you know bloggers that I've spoken with recently, or people who make playlists, and that's in a way, that's art. We are creating something you and I right now that can be listened to by other people and enjoyed. And we could say some really insightful things here, inspire people. It is needed. You do need those people. Musicians are not without managers, publicists, radio DJs that they're really close with. Like that support structure keeps music alive as much as music does. You know, you can't make a TV show And then it just airs to no one. You have to have every single one of those little people who work in the finance department at NBC. They all kind of give us the opportunity to enjoy creative content in their way. I'm sure not all of them see it that way. And a lot (laughs) of them don't care, but what you're doing, obviously you're passionate about this and you are uplifting music, which to me is as important as making music and not everybody can do what you do because I talk to musicians all the time and they're like, Tara, I don't know how you are able to promote yourself like this. Like you, you know, you get these deals and you meet these people and they just want to boost you. And they tell me they are awful at the promotional side of things. And I'm like, well, I just connect with people who are passionate and you in this case, you are a a deeply passionate music fan. So you and I just hit it off in that way. Right. And we are, we are boosting each other here. But yeah, I think that what you do, what playlisters do, what bloggers do, I think it's as important and in its own way, it's art because its whole purpose is there to uplift art, where a lot of art can be made for more nefarious reasons. Because you could spin this on his head and say, oh, well, you know, this TV show was made to sell tampons because of tampon commercials that are playing in between it. You know, it's like you can see it on the flip side is unfortunately the art sometimes is used as a basis to get people to watch advertisements
0: say uh, sure su- hence art. the super hence the super bowl <laughs> yes
1: yeah you know or like or the new girl episode that they played after the super bowl uh, right, um, right i love it's the prince episode but they do have a whole long thing about the ford focus <laughs> there's a whole scene about how great the ford focus is and you're watching this and you're like oh but it helps all of those amazing writers get paid. So right,
0: right, yep. You know, yeah. I think it, what
1: you're doing is very important. But yes, well, I think you should also explore your own thing when you want to make your own art.
0: Well, I do appreciate that very much. Hearing that is is really nice. Um, I I also it was like very floored. I actually had like a really good response to a couple of my of the shows I've done. Um, especially the one I did with uh, Colin Folly a few episodes back. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, I I heard multiple people message me and I'm like, Oh my God, this, this, I learned so much just from listening to that. Like, and and that to me, like, that's just, that like means so much to me that I, even that can make it a little impact on any of my musician friends or anybody that just learning about music and like learning how to do certain things in the industry and handle yourself. And, uh, I think Colin with all his experience did like an amazing job of explaining that on my on the episode we did. And uh, I think it helped out a lot of people uh, from what I saw. So I was really proud of that. And uh, uh, something I, w- I was just very ecstatic about, you know, so that, and that's one of my aims with doing this show too, is to, you know, yes. not only promote people, but maybe, you know, even teach people certain things about the industry that, you know, learn from other artists in it as well, you know, that they something may, they may not have known and, you know, kind of bounce ideas off of other people, creators, you know, at the same time yeah so how would you and this is and this is kind of like a a loaded question I I feel weird even asking this but but how how would you describe your sound and like is there any inspirations or influences that you have that that have maybe um influenced your sound
1: Oh, of course, yeah, my music, when I bring a song to my producers because they're the ones doing the musical arranging, in my case, I write the lyrics and vocal melodies and I primarily leave my producers to actually make the music part of it happen. Uh, I bring them some kind of inspiration playlist and I can usually sit and point to each song and say, okay, I like the structure this one has. you know, the bridge tapers down to this point and then comes in really kicky on the chorus, those kinds of little notes or just, this is the feel I want. I think it mm. should sound like this. I think the guitar tone should sound like this. Um, my big sonic influences, you know, on the first two songs that I released really has that Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus,
2: mm.
1: you know, sort of ambient indie alternative vibe. I worked with Lucy Dakis's guitarist on those first two oh, tracks. And that wow. Was- yeah, that was deliberate. You know, I hired Jacob who is on tour with Lucy right now. That was a deliberate choice. I wanted to evoke that scene. And yeah. you know, I I've written so many genres, so I have so many different sonic influences. The next EP that I'm working on right now is very inspired by The Chicks and their newest album Gaslighter, which is I was not a country fan really until I heard that album and then I was like, "Oh, Oh, I love that she is dragging this ex-husband of hers around by the foot, just dragging him everywhere. Great. Love it. Uh, and Dolly Parton is an influence on that EP. It's, it's very country in its Ooh. feel, but my, pri- like what I would love to do when I've built myself up enough is I just want to be a glam rocker. I just want to do what Harry Styles was doing on his first album. Mm. What Susie Quattro still does to this day that's my Bowie, you know, that's the vibe, just like leather zip up jumpsuits and fringe (laughs) and big hair and big colored, you know, granny aviator glasses. Like that's that sound inspires me a lot. And I've written a lot of songs in that vein. I just have to work on getting the power behind my voice and feeling ready to make them.
0: Uh, I definitely feel like you have the personality for it. Um, i uh i know and, and with because i notice um you do a lot of cosplaying um in, in uh yeah. on I, in your instagram i noticed you do a lot of different costumes and stuff so you really enjoyed that part of the presentation um aspect of it yeah. I, obviously that goes along with kind of the glam rock sort of sort of deal so is that is that kind of like tie into your love for that
1: i guess so yeah i um i just liked cosplay it's just something that fell into my lap at this point I don't do it at you know conventions anymore but I take Halloween way too seriously (laughs) even if it's a really niche costume that nobody gets uh you know somebody winds up getting it and uh I I always live for that if I do something that I feel is kind of obscure and someone is like oh my god this I'm like yes these are my people it's just kind of seeking out my people uh with this sort of glam rock look and that feeling I mean that's just who I've grown into over the last few years like I you know I have my skull rings and my t-shirts with the sleeves cut off and that's just who I am at this point uh obviously I don't wear the jumpsuits to the office but I also haven't been to the office in months at this point uh and then lyrically because you asked about my songwriting influences lyrically deeply 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 owe a huge debt of gratitude to max bemis of say anything uh writing about stuff that is gross and stuff that is very graphically sexual but not to evoke sex just to be honest about the messiness of life uh that was a that's a big influence and you'll see it in the next few songs and even in my first single i have a moment where i'm talking about flashing someone in my living room and I had a couple people go, wait, is that the lyric flashing? And I was like, yeah, like people do that. It's it's a real thing in life.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I think a lot of times musical content about sex is either supposed to be like a Doja Cat singing something sexy to evoke sex mm-hmm. or it's not allowed to be talked about. It has to be kind of concealed and there's that prudishness. And I'm like, no, we can all acknowledge that we have sex or fantasies or relationships have these things that you know get in the way and color them uh so max really as a kid hearing things like wow i can get sexual too i was like oh yeah you can write about this it's it's fine it's real and uh lana del rey another influence in that regard Hmm. because lana just talks about whatever the hell she wants to talk about um you know and the same thing she writes these beautiful songs like norman rockwell and she's writing, you know, she puts a little kind of pun in there. She's got the Laurel Canyon know-it-all. Mm. And she talks about this relationship with this guy who is a bad poet and blames it on the news. And I was like, oh, she's taking sort of these mundane stories about her relationship. And she's using beautiful, lush music to give them this air of authenticity. Like, hey, you you can just write about your relationship, and have it be an epic song. Not every song needs to be Bob Dylan's times. They are a change, you know, it Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be political or it doesn't have to be this or that. It can be important if it's literally just you or me, Tara talking about my ex-boyfriend and going into specific details, you know, why not let my story shine? It's real. Uh, And then anyone else? I, you know, I was a Bright Eyes fan growing up. I still am. I, you know, I get very wordy in my songs (sighs) and in life. So Bright Eyes, always a big influence for me. Never the same chorus twice. And yeah, I think that's mostly everyone. Big Elliot Smith girl. Oh,
0: okay. Okay.
1: All the all the emo guys. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I noticed. I noticed In the trend. Way. I noticed the trend here. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I
1: was a sad, depressed high schooler, like most of us. Uh, I went For yes. like, for, like uh, the suicidal jock jams, like yeah. that was that was my energy as a 16 year old, <laughs> and that is still my energy as a 30 year old.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just listened to grunge music for like that's very much that was pretty much my way of dealing with it <laughs> so it was on the other spectrum of like sad <laughs> so, well uh, we both
1: share Dave Grohl because yes. I imagine you were listening to Nirvana and I was definitely listening to the Foo Fighters throughout all of high school yeah. so we share Dave
0: yes <laughs> yeah Now Dave, Dave Grohl is, is, is a good man for <laughs> that, that is for sure <laughs> um so let's talk about this new song that you have out mysteries sure. now this is a very um this is a very sad song <laughs> um to say the Interesting. least uh, um you don't view it that way uh, to me you that's know. how I see it but maybe it's because of what I'm it maybe sounds I'm looking sad. at it maybe I'm looking at it surface level you know too much here but
1: see it's interesting because I I've said to people I'm like this is one of the happiest songs I've ever written and the way I see that because I've had some people are like oh it's so sad and I'm like you are maybe not looking at the same lyrics I wrote because to me the song is about finding hope unexpectedly Mm. and I think a lot of people as they've been listening are hearing I ran through hope and I was without hope and I had given up on the concept of wonder and being odd but as I say in the chorus, I couldn't be happier to be wrong that uh-huh. there are these mysteries left. So it's not like, I'm so happy I found you, I love you. It's, hey, I was without hope and you know, yes, I have to be wrong in how, I, in how I had kind of hardened myself against the world to feel it. But ultimately it's a good thing to be wrong in that case, to believe that there's still some hope left and something I don't know that's out there. And that life could become wonderful again.
0: Yeah, that's that's really great songwriting. Um, it's um, I to me that's like that's like digging below the surface level. Um, you know, that's like because I I think like, and I I know I'm gonna sound like I'm on like old man yells from cloud like yells at cloud like here, but um, I feel like oh, there's a lot of um music being made now that's it's too much of like like th- this happened and there, it's just very like specific like um things that that people are, are singing about and it doesn't really leave interpretation um room for interpretation to people mm-hmm. and i feel like a concept that that you leave you have here it leaves room for A listener to interpret different things from it. You might have had a meaning to it, but obviously people are seeing some certain different things from that.
1: Sure. I think that the, you know, the music might be what's bringing them into that place. You know, the music is not happy, bouncy. And I have in a lot of the songs I've written, like ones people haven't heard yet, I have either a song that's really happy and the lyrics have this darker edge or yeah. this darker story, or I have this where the song is a little, it maybe sounds somber, but then hopefully by the end you're like, oh, okay, yeah, oh, I feel inspired. I feel hopeful. So that might be the case. I like that people have interpret, you know, different interpretations mm. though, because that keeps people talking about the song. A lot of our great songs That's, are yeah. on songmeanings.com and people are fighting about what this lyric yeah. in I Am The Walrus meant to this day. And it's like, hmm. great, that keeps the streaming up. Go for it. Interpret it however you like. Yeah. Uh, except, Like, please don't interpret it to think that I'm like any kind of ist, you know, like, please don't try to interpret racism in my lyrics or anything oh, like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, but no, obviously not that. <laughs> okay. No, yeah. but,
1: you know, besides that, like, Go for it. Oh, my other songwriting influence that I forgot to mention, but is useful to this. So Taylor Swift is very good at number one, like dragging her exes specifically to hell in songs. And number two, writing these stories that continue over the years. Maybe she's told a story from this perspective and now she's revisiting or she's telling it from the other character's perspective. And you probably won't see it yet because I only have two songs out, but that is definitely the trajectory of the music I've created. So yeah, I thrive on people interpreting and the best compliment I can get is not, oh, wow, your voice sounded great. It's, I love this lyric. Anytime someone comes to me and they're like this lyric, I love, I'm like, this is all I wanted. It's all I wanted. So that's what's important to me. So Yeah. yeah, I would love to hear more about how you see this song.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's a very good point. Um, I I think it's important to actually look for that um, response a little more than oh I look you know your voice sounded great because like someone could sound so technically great and I've talked about this before someone could sound really technically great and everything but just sing absolutely really nothing worth subst- of substance at all and then to me that just you know. Yeah. That cancels out like this technically great voice when it's not invoking real really anything at all from your listener.
1: Yeah, that's super true. I watch. Uh, I will admit to this. I watch all of those terrible reality shows like the oh, oh, Real yeah. Housewives and oh. Vanderpump Rules, and all of the songs in the background are people who. I mean, they're probably good singers. They're session singers, though. Of course, they're auto-tuned to death, yep. and it's like shopping with my girls yes on the day drive and it's it's all that it's just the most inane nothing content but the songs are produced they sound great you know they're excellently produced right yeah it's nothing so i'd rather have some character and not sound perfect but have an interesting story that captures people's attention and curiosity
0: right uh, that's yeah because i think you said there's a lot of that and i also a lot used to watch like surreal life uh, and uh the rock the, the rock of rock of yes. love, rock of love um yes trying, trying to all the vh one the flavor of love uh
1: i love flavor <laughs> of love i lo- i think about goldie saying the chicken was lovely like every day like, anytime <laughs> a really great piece of chicken i just hear her saying the chicken was lovely and i'm like yeah thank you Goldie
0: New York's legend lives on to this day oh always (laughs) oh god what a great era of reality television oh
1: please bring it back
0: (laughs) bring it back is is right (laughs) Jersey Shore is also very much missed
1: (laughs) I mean it's still on I just I haven't watched it Uh,
0: yeah like I don't think anything will ever beat like OG you know the
1: original oh god like the letter us. that they sent to Sam <laughs> yeah that like nothing is going to top that letter oh.
0: the best the absolute best moment in like reality <laughs> tv history <laughs> i agree <laughs> oh god so so the mysteries though in <laughs> uh, uh, back anyway back to your very That's like <laughs> very hopeful song um uh, yeah, so that was really kind of inspired by the unfortunate passing of your, your grandmother, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So she died a year ago on, uh, on Valentine's Day. So it's like a year and a day right now. Yeah. Do you do you want me to go into? Yeah, uh,
0: I mean, it, it's a, say whatever. I mean, what?
1: Yeah. What did you? No, your, I
2: could.
0: I, yeah, say whatever you want to say about about your grandmother, because, yeah. because... So
1: I have I have some songs that I've written about her that I kind of can't touch. Like I have the idea, and I'm like, I know I should write this, and I can't touch it because it's just I'm not ready to do that yet. You know, as you can imagine. Oh, and,
0: I know. <laughs>
1: yeah, this mm. one came together where you know, I had this idea of a new relationship and I, you know, I'd kind of been looking back on like, I have a list of all these song topics that I could go into. And I looked and there was this relationship I had been in for like just a month. It was a short relationship, but I was in a similarly dark place when I met this person. And in that month, I, you know, I felt hope again and I was surprised. Because I, at the time I had said, oh my God, I'm never going to like find something that feels like love again. I'm just going to have to go out here and just have like a hookup or, or not do anything for a long time. And I met this person and I was shocked at how immediately it took off in that direction of something wonderful. And I was like, I always wanted to write about this because there was actually a person who left heart drop you know, hearts in the raindrops on my windshield and I walked out to my car the next morning and there were all of these hearts in the rain and I I said that's going to be a lyric it has to be it's so beautiful an image and I mean I still have pictures of it you know like and I saw it and I giggled and I was like oh my god this is so cute it's like I'm in high school again and so I've been you know I've been thinking about that relationship and I started writing and then you know, as the anniversary of my grandmother's death was coming up, I was like, Oh, yeah, it's the, you know, you just kind of make that connection of like, Oh, it's the same thing. And you don't even have to think those words. You're just like, Oh, well, the grandma stuff is going in here. Okay, great, done. And I took those two experiences, uh, you know, losing my grandmother and feeling the grief that I felt all through last year, which was the worst year of my life. And the wonder on the other side of a new relationship. Right. And I was like, oh, these are two moments in my life where I thought I had everything figured out. And I thought my worldview was just what it was and maybe it wasn't everyone's, but it was mine. And I felt very confident in it. And I had to on both of those occasions go, what if I'm wrong? Mm-hmm. Like, What if my grandma really is sending me these little gestures of, of her connection and Energy doesn't die, and so what if it really is her energy that I feel at times? And does that make me a bad atheist? You know, and I had to make those calculations.
0: Oh my god! That I yeah. I gosh, that like that what you just said is just like I've literally had felt the same thing the last like month or so. Yeah. With my, you know, unfortunately, my grandfather had just passed away last month, um, yeah. like a, a month and a day ago, oddly enough. <laughs> but, yeah. Wow. Well. And uh, now so but yeah, you know, I found myself grappling with the the concept of like, you know, maybe, you know, matter is just, you know, reincarnated, you know, like, and I look at it kind of from a scientific perspective, too, and just in which of just like, I think maybe just our particles just float after we're gone and just go somewhere else and they do something, you know, and whether it's reincarnated in some sort of animal or just in some sort of I don't know. I, I don't know. Something like that, and yeah, sure. I I understand where you're coming from from that point of view, and because you know I've been a very like bad Catholic for the last about i <laughs> I'd po- probably like last ten years of my twelve years of my life or so. So, you know, and, and I, I just now I'm thinking I'm like just like geez I'm like what what do I even believe in anymore you know and.
1: Yeah. And it's that, you know, and, and I look at my grandmother's my grandmother was this wonderful woman. You know, I know a lot of people are very neutral on their grandmas or their grandmas were like these little timid ladies. My grandma was, you know, you'd be at a family party and you would just feel a little pinch on your ass and you turn around and go, Graham, like, stop. <laughs> like aunt Joe was in the middle of giving her Thanksgiving speech. Stop. And my grandma would just kind of giggle. And she's like, I had to pinch it. Like that's, that's who she was. She had so much character. She constantly was throwing her arms in the air. You could get her excited about a a pair. If it was a wonderful pair that you gave her, oh, get out. Like, it's so good. Where'd you get this? Everything with her was a source of joy, which is incredible because she had so much heartache in her life, but she seized joy almost violently. You know, she needed that joy. And, you know, up until like, You know, up until she got sick, um, she just had so much energy and she was constantly crocheting and, you know, watching, you know, like she loves her old movies and she'd be shouting, oh my God, Anne Sheridan in this is so wonderful. And she had so much energy forever that I kind of couldn't believe that it would just go away and when she died, I had this thought, and it was probably one of the first thoughts that really made me shift my worldview, to be open. It's not like I went from atheist to Catholic, or you know, it's just I went from closed to open. I went, you know, maybe more of yeah. an agnostic perspective. Yeah. But when she died, I thought she finally, all of that boundless energy is free of any kind of constraint mm. of. Flesh of a body of a rib cage, like you know and of age, you know she was ninety nine when she died she uh she was gonna turn a hundred that year, she was two months shy of a hundred, and you know her body shut down, but her mind remained until like the day she died, and finally, that energy is out there to just bend and shift and meddle and maybe pinch my ass, I don't know. I haven't felt a ghost pinch yet. (laughs) I kind of expected, I was like, someday I'm just gonna feel her just like, well, give me a slap on the ass. And I'm like, oh, it's you, hey. (laughs) But yeah, that energy is there. And I think that in, you know, after she died, she opened up a lot of weird doors for me. And some were sad lessons I had to learn. Some were really happy lessons I had to learn. And I hope that you feel that regardless of what you believe, I will hope it for you anyway. Cause it's such a beautiful thing to just have that moment of like, he's here. Okay. I can't talk to him. I can't hug him. But like, I just feel the warmth of a hug or a touch on the hand.
0: Yeah. I actually had a weird moment. um, A few days after he uh, passed away. Um, And I think this was what you're talking about. I went to, um. I think this was after a very rough day at the household. I'll, I'll put it like that much. I'll put, sure. I'll say, I'll say that much. <laughs> I won't sure. go into detail, but Got it. The, the lots of, of uh, family stuff after this happened, but you know, but um, I was, and I was just fed up and I'm like, I'm going to the, one of my breweries around here that I like to go to. I need a beer. I'm like, I'm just like, I need to get the hell away from this for like a whole little bit. And I parked my car and then I got out. And um, oddly enough on the back of the car's windshield near mine was the logos of uh, Yukon and the Red Sox. And my grandfather is the most, like the biggest, uconn women's basketball fan and red Sox fan that you will ever meet Mm -hmm. and somehow these two logos were just sitting there right next to each other on the back of the windshield and i was like wow you are here aren't you like yep i'm like yeah that's crazy i'm like like there's no way that's a coincidence right like there's like i'm like there's can't i can't be that's like too like it's too effing weird to be like like not like yeah. yeah you know and 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 so i was like that that point i think was when i was like you know maybe there is more you know like i don't know what it is but like maybe there is more like maybe there this stuff isn't just you know closed you know and yeah like you said and yeah definitely i think these types of things definitely kind of shift your your worldview, like you said um and, and it's really crazy and like you said it definitely opened some doors uh you know i know it's like hard to to derive a positive outcome from stuff like this but i think i definitely see you know your point on that
1: yeah it's you know it's that kind of thing where now like you know your grandfather my grandmother at any time if you want to take it there you know their energy is now wrapping the world it's wrapping you they can guide you from a different place where they can see more maybe than they were able to before like now I look at my grandma and I'm like oh there are certain things that I just didn't bring up to her for this Mm. or that reason like she knew I didn't love the job that I was at before my current job Mm -hmm. and not long after she died as a matter of fact I shouldn't even be saying this but my Mm -hmm. last boss yelled at me the day of her wake like wow. he knew that I was out for a wake and he made a mistake and I had to do the screenshot game and be like, actually, you told me to cancel this meeting. Not that one. Wow! Um, and I was like, now I have to go bury my grandma. Thank you. And then pretty soon after um, a company that I had no relationship with and had not applied to at all, but was dream company for me reached out and it's like, yeah, like she couldn't have done anything about that in life. But if I wanted to see it as her looking out for me, that energy was able to usher in something that was much more positive for me and a, a really positive wow. change. So if it makes me feel better and if it doesn't hurt anyone and if seeing a Yukon sticker hurts no one but brings you peace.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Why not just say, OK, maybe it is. Why not? Why, Truly, not? why not? Who <laughs> is it bothering? The- yeah it's bothering our stubbornness about what we thought we knew that's that's the bother and why do we need to be so hard-headed we don't
0: yeah that's a good that's a good point
1: (laughs) that's how I see it I just I'm like all right Graham got got the message thank you and and that's it
0: so I and I'm you know now I realize now what you're more going for with this song you know in, in terms of like you know the mysteries that you know now Maybe we could figure out about and you know and uh, kind of open more doors, like you said. And you know, it's probably going to give me a lot more of a different perspective when I listen to the song again because um, you know I think that I think that's really neat. It's just a very very neat songwriting concept. Um,
2: Thank and, you.
0: And also, like I actually really like that you put an acoustic version uh it, as well accompanying the the normal version or whatever you know the fully produced version or whatever you want yeah. to call it but um yeah i actually really enjoy this trend that's been going on lately and you're not the only one i've seen do this now and uh i actually really dig this a lot of people are just full-on just putting an acoustic version right next to um the the original version and i like that a lot because i, I just find it stripped down versions are just my jam like i just love like stripped down versions of songs sometimes i just want to step away from all the production and just kind of like hear the guts of the song you know and it it also it also helps someone like me that definitely has an auditory processing this uh problem uh, got it where i have problems sometimes like where i hear like the music but in the production but i can't hear the lyrics as well as i want mm. to or vice sure. versa, or vice versa and and i with acoustic stuff i find i can just hear everything more in and i don't get as overwhelmed with the sensory like issues and
1: yeah I, you I know guess. i didn't even i didn't even mm. think about that i'm i'm really glad that you know i was able to bring another option to you and i'm guessing a lot of My listeners who maybe can't handle things like synths or get overstimulated or whatever it is, like, I'm I'm really glad because I didn't even think about that. The reason that I did the acoustics was because so on I've always been in love with you, which was my first single. My original intent was to just do that acoustic sound that you hear on the acoustic version of that song. And then when I brought in Jacob, you know, Lucy Dacus does a lot of that synth stuff. Even if you don't pick it up in the recording because of the way it's mixed,
2: mm.
1: there's a lot of stuff to fill the empty room with her music. Uh, and it takes a couple listens to go, oh, there's like a really tiny clave noise in the background <laughs> there. Okay, you know, it's a ri- she makes a really rich sound, and so that's what Jacob does. So he was like, oh, I have this like synth pad, and I want to do some piano on this. And I was like, okay. So the song like snowballed to the point where it is what you hear. Yeah. But the acoustic version is always what I had heard in my head because the thought of that song was kind of the exact opposite of mysteries where I've always been in love with you. Is you wake up at seven in the morning, you just broke up with the love of your life and you're sitting like on your bed and you just pick up the guitar and you just kind of start like singing. And that's all I wanted. Just the feeling of a sad, cold light of day <laughs> crying it out moment and mysteries is you wake up in the morning and you turn over and there's this new person who you didn't know three days ago Mm. and suddenly they've become something so dear to you and you're in the cold light of morning, but it feels like the warm light of morning. And that's, that's mysteries. That's the opposite to me. So with the acoustic versions, you get that simple, you know, it just lets you be in that. Uh, I've always been in love with you. I pretty much only listen to the acoustic version at this point because <laughs> when I sent that song to the person I wrote that song about, I knew he would value the acoustic version like I did. I kind Uh-oh. of put that one out just so he could hear it. And I was like, yep, this is the one that you're gonna like cause you and I are the same in this regard. And this is how <laughs> we like to listen to music. Boom. Yeah. We uh, did it with mysteries as well. I wanted to see if someone picked up something different and I think maybe the that version of mysteries might sound happier I don't know I would love to hear from people if it does or doesn't but uh I won't be doing it for every song but these kind of ambient noise indie ones I like the opportunity of just taking the sims out and breaking it down into something that maybe someone could play in their own bedroom that would be really cool if someone yeah. ever covered something I did. Oh my God. So
0: yeah, yeah so that's that little option. Yeah. So don't ever do EDM music because I won't listen to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't even know how to tell a producer to arrange it. I am working on a pop song. Uh, it's going to be very different from anything uh, you've heard. Uh, it's very Carly Ray Jepsen inspired. Uh, and I'm like, how do I tell this producer how like, Cause I wouldn't even know what chords I'm like, are there chords on the sit? Like, I'm not even going to know. It's so difficult already. but I love that song, but yeah, no EDM, <laughs> but maybe a pop song or two in my future.
0: Yeah. I, 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 write
1: I, every song I just, they I just, just
0: can't, I just can't do it. It's just, it feels like an assault on my senses. <laughs> it's just,
1: what if I do a little acoustic version of the EDM song?
0: Okay. Then, then maybe, yeah, then that'll, that'll work. <laughs> Like
1: just a little capo noodling on the drop. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'll do that just for you. That, that's the lob version. Please,
0: yes, lob
2: remix. <laughs> that's
0: your
1: version.
0: <laughs> oh god, I love that. I really love that. <laughs> so like i want to go into yeah so what you have coming up actually after this like you were kind of mentioned it a little bit but maybe just go into a little more so this upcoming little ep you're doing so it's gonna have a country so you're doing kind of a country sounding ep
1: yes which surprises everyone who hears it because they're like again you're like the against me, like Mrs. Laura Jane Grace written on all of my like binders Mm -hmm. in college, like that was me. Um, Yeah, but when I met with Love Grove Studios who produced Mysteries and are producing my EP, Van and Sam, I love them to death. I met them, I had a meeting with Van and he was like, okay, you have 50 songs that you've written the lyrics to and you have the vocal melodies and I get that. We need to start somewhere. And I just yeah. kind of had that executive dis- decision dysfunction where I was just like, "What do I pick? Oh my god, like uh, it's so con- important." Country. <laughs> That's what I did. I said, <laughs> "Well, I have this sequel to Jolene that I wrote huh? from Jolene's perspective. How about we go with that one because Love Grove is partially based in the Nashville area." And Van said, "Okay." And within a week, he had a rough demo of the song for me. And I said, okay, I've got about five other songs that could fit this sound that I had written. Here you go. And that's how we decided to do this. It wasn't necessarily an intentional step into a new era. And I don't think I have another country album from what I've written that I could do. I'm probably next going to go into either. Mike glam rock stuff or go back to the mystery sound because I have a million of those songs, but yeah, this is a country EP. The first single is a sequel to Jolene. It's called Abby. I'm sorry. I stole your man. <laughs> it is from Jolene's perspective. And she goes to the Dolly Parton character who I named Abby. Cause I didn't want to be too gimmicky. You know, I don't want to be Dolly. I'm sorry. Like too gimmicky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And you know, Jolene goes to Abby and says, you know, I thought that I was different and I thought that I was special. I wasn't thinking about you at all. I was so wrapped up in his charm and magnetism, but I didn't think, oh, if he was able to leave his wife for me and cheat on his wife with me, who's to stop him from doing that same thing to me mm. in a couple of years, in a couple of months, in a couple of weeks. And that's the narrative of that song. And I've seen that happen with people in my life who had affairs or who were, you know, the other woman or the other man. And then that person cheats and they're like, what the hell happened? That's like, he he just did it again. That's all. Like the guy just did it one more time. That's (laughs) it. He's not going to change. You know, we like to all think we're special and we like to think that our relationship is the one that's going to break every relationship archetype apart. But really, People are people, and they just happen to meet and kiss and interact with each other and enmesh, and their flaws don't go away just because they're in a relationship. So Jolene learns a hard lesson, and uh, I thought that was an interesting story to tell. Most of the songs on the EP are about infidelity in some way, Mm, whether it's I cheated, they cheated, you cheated, I saw these people cheat. It kind of wound up being that because I know that that's big in country. You know, you have Kitty Wells singing It Wasn't God Who Made Honky Tonk Angels, you have Gas Lighter, you have all of these songs about, oh, you know, she left me for another man. And that's what came out of my head. So it's a collection of infidelity stories.
0: Oh, wow. Um, (laughs)
1: Yeah, I can't just write again. I can't just write like what Bob Dylan was writing about. I wish I could, you know, but I'm also like, I'm just like a white woman. Do I really need to be writing like protest songs? Like, is there anything Mm. where my voice is going to be more necessary than someone else's in a different group Mm. with a different kind of lived experience? Probably not. So I will leave those conversations to be boosted by me, but led by others. And I will Write my little songs about men and their cheating hearts.
0: Hey, hey listen. I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's as good it's as good as a concept of any to write about because there is a lot of questions, you know, infidelity. I think raises from a lot of us and the whys and the and the whats and you know and the who's. It, it, it's a it's a very confusing concept. One that I have had to grapple with since I was a kid. Um, I'm not going to go into. Too many details about it but um you know it, it has affected me on a personal level um from a very young age and um right. you know and it, it's it it's hard it's a very confusing concept especially for like a nine year old kid to like like process yeah. you know like at that point in your life it's it's very it's a very confusing concept i I, I actually would like to see a song written from that point of view You know, of of a of a a young person, you know, dealing in that situation. I think that would be pretty fascinating uh, because I think people kind of forget that that point of view. Uh, Part
1: of it, I think that's I think that's your song to write, my friend. I think that's that's a good idea. That's your that's a story. I think that you might need to tell. I find that I find that very interesting too. How people are affected by it. I can tell you that I wrote a song and I'm still debating making it because I started working on it in the studio so long ago that I've kind of started to hate it. Mm. Uh, It's not one that's (laughs) come out yet, but it was a song about how uh, someone I loved very much. And it's, you know, it's a true story. The song, someone I loved very much got rip roaring drunk and wound up inadvertently, accidentally confessing the affair they were having. And the entire friend group was splintered because of this and I Uh... saw this happen because I was hearing it from both sides of things and I I was weirdly involved like most of the people who were most deeply hurt by this probably didn't even know that I was getting called by everyone else like oh my god I don't know what happened and like can you believe this and I was kind of witnessing this from the sidelines and I was like oh, this is a story. Okay. Yeah. So, I, you know, obviously I didn't put any identifying details into that one. Yeah, no, right, right. Yeah, I had written this song about how, like, people's lives are blown to smithereens by this sometimes. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, you were dating for a couple of weeks and I found out he was texting someone else and that's the end of things.
0: Hmm.
1: Other times it's a kid or, you know, yeah, family friend, members.
0: Yeah, and, friend groups, like you yeah. said, too. Yeah, that's, that's another, that's a very other... Interesting Peach. concept that you know it could really just completely blow up a con- to- total of friend group. You know, it, it just uh, yeah. people just end up going different ways. You know, sides are taken and then just, uh you know, pin people to stop hanging out. And it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, that collective mm-hmm. is just sort of broken on impact. And yeah, it's, absolutely. It,
1: and I think those stories are really interesting. And I think it's a topic yeah. that. You know, I primarily write about relationships. That's what calls to me most in what I write lyrically, different aspects of relationships. And I always say that when I have had a relationship with someone, as I'm looking back and telling these stories, each partner is like a sheet of glass that I drop to the floor. Sometimes it just cracks in half. Sometimes it splinters into 5000 pieces. So I could write 40 songs about the same person and all exploring different concepts. But yeah, you could treat infidelity as I'm hoping to do with this EP as a sheet of glass that splinters into five or six songs. And each one is a different reflective view of why people get into these situations. Sometimes they like being in these situations.
2: Hmm.
1: Sometimes, you know, it wounds friends. Sometimes it, changes a person like the person who was cheated on's life for the better you know they're able to break out of it and enter a right situation or relationship and uh yeah so i'm hoping to explore that with this ep i think that you have a hit on your hands (laughs) with with this concept and i would love you're right i would love to hear a song about that because i you know kids don't get to write their heart very often, you don't really yeah. get a lot of nine-year-old guitar prodigies who are putting out singles. No. But as <laughs> yeah. an adult, for you know, for an adult to write this song, let's say if you wrote it, and then someone else hears it and it speaks to their inner child right. who was in that home and knew that story, how healing that could be, and that's what we're trying to do here, right? Music yeah. is supposed to be the thing that heals us all, yeah,
0: right. Yeah. I tend myself with like, when it comes to just songwriting stuff, um, I tend to just write down random thoughts I have or things I'm really angry about. Is um, yeah. <laughs> it, sure. I'm very, I'm very bad at writing about relationships because I haven't had many of them. <laughs> so uh, sure. it, it, it's, it's like, it's something that's very hard for me to like write about. Cause it's like, I don't know it, it's for me it doesn't speak to me on the level that it hits you i guess or it hits a lot of other people mm-hmm. so, but for me it's like i write down random things i, I just actually just looked at i f- forgot i just like wrote down like three things the other day just random shit that was on my mind and i'm like and i'm like i, I like possible song ideas quote unquote i don't know yeah. <laughs> one thing i wrote and i actually might flesh this out more it like the idea that we focus on not repeating our like parents or guardians' past mistakes. That we actually sure. lo- lose focus on being ourselves and forget who we actually are in the process. Um,
1: oh, of, of things. I love so, that as a concept. That's great.
0: Um, you know, it's like we we become so. I think we become so driven on that idea of like, I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that. That we actually don't become anything, and we kind of just become this like paralyzed in fear and anxiety of actually becoming anything at all which I know affected my life pretty um astoundingly for a long time so and then yeah just the idea of 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 everything has to happen for a reason can't things just be to be and like happen to happen you know and and like I don't know I've just there's things that just I've right just random ideas that pop in my head like that it's just more, sure. I just write, I like to write more about like abstract the concepts, I guess. And like,
1: I think that's great. Mysteries was my attempt into going yeah. into that. So, yeah, I really, there's someone who swept through my life, a very short but impactful uh, connection that I had. And they said something about this that I find really interesting that, you know, sometimes you choose partners or situations or you even move somewhere because you know you're looking for the exact opposite of what you last had whether it's a traumatic relationship mm. and you pick someone exactly different or you had a bad experience in new york so you're moving to la mm. and really it's still a trauma response
0: what do they call it um, like, they call it destination um oh gosh I, I know there's a term for it like oh gosh. I I can't remember the term for it, but it's like the thought that going somewhere else will completely change everything. And, and it's like, it's doesn't, it doesn't change like who you are at at heart. If you go somewhere, you're still, you're still with the things you need to work on. And like, it doesn't really matter that, yeah, maybe a change of scenery will like in turn, like maybe propel you to do something different, but it doesn't mean it's going to magically fix everything. That's, No, happening to you.
1: And that's yeah. And that's what they had said to me. You know, they had said that really choosing, you know, for example, like a partner who is the exact opposite of your ex is still a trauma response. If you're making the intention like, oh, I want the opposite of this. You're still in that space where you're trying to escape it. And really, at some point, hopefully in your work that you do to heal, you will be free And just make choices based on what you want. So what you said just super resonated with me. Because yeah, we a lot of times we do that. Oh, I don't want to be like my mom. I don't want to focus on these things so much. And eventually maybe it becomes at the expense of something else. So yeah, I think you should write this song. (laughs) I will look at your lyrics if you want to send them (laughs) to me. I will help however I can. I think it's a great idea.
0: Yeah, gladly. (laughs) So I'm going to move on to some some like non i i don't know i guess non-music questions like some like different um things so like what are some of the main things you like to do away from music or like you know things that you like to recharge to do like away from music and kind of like
1: sure so uh i i you know, before the pandemic, I was at live theater constantly, whether it was musicals, plays, I'm starting to get back to the point where I'm going to see live theater, which is very exciting. I'm supposed nice. to see the music man on Thursday. I'm very excited. Um, I cuddle my cats to an unhealthy degree. That's something I do. That's Simone, Simone is sitting on the bed with me right now. She's being a very good little uh oh. kind of, a little, str- you know, she's a little stress ball during work. You know, I just pick <laughs> her up, I give her kisses, and I put her back down. I, um, mm. I, you know, my, I told you my, my dumb pleasures of just like watching the Real Housewives of New Jersey. <laughs> um, and I'm very lucky to say that I have a lot of friends of different, friends in different locations, friends of different perspectives. Um, you know, and I really just take a lot of great pride in Having conversations with people, having conversations with my friends, uh, which luckily we can do with this phone and throughout the pandemic, of course, what else could we do? So I was constantly texting and making new friends on Instagram like you. I'm still Mm -hmm. doing that to this day, connecting with new people. Uh, And I like to read. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know. No no hobbies that are like so, so crazy. You know, I take my singing lessons. I read I watch my crappy TV like we all do.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh occasionally go on long walks. Like that's about it. Podcast.
0: What, what books are we, what books are we reading lately?
1: I am reading Vladimir by Julia Mae Jonas right oh. here that I have.
2: Oh.
1: Um I like books about really screwed up women. <laughs> Anytime it's like You know, uh, there's this line, it's like a meme that's going around on Twitter now. And it's like, I support women's rights and I support women's wrongs. Oh, yeah. I I very much anytime I see a book where it's like a woman who's obsessively stalking her ex or like a woman who plans to kidnap her, you know, her crappy co-workers goldfish and hold it for ransom. I'm like, yes, please. Yes, please. Putting this on my kindle going to barnes and noble and picking up this book yes please because that's what my book is like my book is about a woman who gets wrapped up in a really messy situation uh and it remains to be seen if she learns from it but yeah i'm reading that next up i have oh this is a fun one um this is an oral history of the josie and the pussycats movie wow Uh, This is by Russ Burlingame, who is like as big a Josie fan as I am. Uh, Josie was a deeply, deeply formative movie for me. It is, first of all, satirical masterpiece. But second, I would kill to sing like Kay Hanley. And I would kill to have all of the costumes that they had in this movie. So I'm very excited to get to that one next because like I flew out to L.A. to see the 15th anniversary concert that they did for the movie. Like that's the level of fandom we're dealing with. I went to LA, my least favorite place in the world. (laughs) No offense to people who live there, all offense to the smog and your imported trees and your terrible public transportation system. All offense to that. No offense (laughs) to the people who live there. Some of my best friends live in LA, you know? Um, But yeah, so I flew out to LA just to go to that concert and it was worth it. It was so worth it.
0: Wow.
1: That's what I'm reading right now.
0: I, uh, I've actually just been like kind of like last few couple of years been just trying to get back into reading for well, re- I should say reading like fiction because for a long time I got really pigeonholed into just wanting to read non fiction stuff. I'm a very like, yeah. I'm a very factoid history based person. I love reading okay. about that. documentaries and all that. Sure. shit. I love it, but like finally <laughs> I was like, finally I was like, all right, Lawrence, kind gotta- of. It's like kind of read some, like, creative, like, writing again. Yeah, like step
1: into something
0: else. Yeah, you know, like, you gotta kind of, like, expand your palette again. Like, I used to read that stuff all the time when I was a kid, you know, but then I just, I don't know, I just got out of it. I just didn't know what books were good anymore, so I was just like, I don't know what to choose. I got, like, I get, like, the worst book choosing anxiety when I'm in, like, Barnes & Noble. Oh, I'm no. like, I'm like, what do I pick? I don't know. They all look, they all look good, or sometimes I'm like, they oh, they all... Good. They all look, or, or sometimes I'm like, they all look bad. They all look terrible. This yeah. so, this sounds pretentious. This sounds really dumb. Like or like, this, but then sometimes I just like, I'm like, I finally shut it off. I'm like, just pick one, <laughs> and I did, and I'm so yeah. glad I did because I am cur- reading? currently reading um, uh Ruth Zeki's uh The Book of Form and Emptiness, and it is an hmm. absolutely fantastic read. It's kind of about um the this the grieving process that um this family goes through when losing their the father or you know the husband in and, and then uh the the son starts to hear like voices from the objects and like oh and 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 while the mother is like dealing with depression of you know and like trying to get a new job because her job was phased out and and like it's it's really it's really interesting and you know I I definitely was it resonated with me because I got it right around the time you know my grandfather died and you know a lot of that Mm -hmm. grieving stuff was like it really was just like hitting me a different way I was like yeah "Um, man this is the book I need right now like this is this is good. This is real. Like, you know, this it's, cre- it's, it's fiction, but it feels like real. That's like my problem. Like I can't, I have a problem reading fantasy stuff cause it never feels, it doesn't feel real. And I don't like that mm. escapism into things that feel like phony or like, you know, it's just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like very sure. closed minded in that regard, but I, I just find it very hard for me to like get into fantasy series and, and things like that yeah here I am I'm a big gamer and I play Pokemon constantly so hypocrite well, right right here it's a
1: different thing. maybe you need to be visually immersed in it maybe constructing that world in yeah. your mind is not what you want to spend your mental energy doing it's possible mm. I uh I, I've done a little bit of fantasy a little bit of sci- I mean you know sci-fi like I don't even know what you consider yeah, yeah. Marvel or what you consider certain properties, but yeah, there are like parts of me that love sci-fi. I was a big Doctor Who fan for years. I like, uh, you know, was, the
0: funny thing is, I actually did like some Doctor Who. Like, I, I it was a, d- a decent show, and I enjoyed watching. See,
1: visual. Some You of need it, the so. visual, I think. I, uh, it's just not the first genre I grab when I'm reading a book. I, I go on Goodreads a lot, and I would yeah. recommend, you
0: know, Goodreads. Check out
1: Goodreads because you'll get some recommendations good, there good website yeah, you
0: should...
1: <laughs> oh the website the ux is a mess but like it's i still i have a list of like 800 books that i need to buy and i do actually yeah. go through and use that to check out you know what i should pick up next but yeah i go for fiction i go for like dark contemporary fiction yeah. I've read a lot of the classics most of the russians by now uh yeah that's yeah. me
0: yeah i i definitely recommend the the book of of form and uh emptiness oh yeah i would like to check that out it's it's really really good um it's definitely one of the better works of fiction i i've had uh in a while so um i really really enjoyable
1: great i'm down
0: but um yeah that's that's cool though like i i'm glad like what other like so like what um is there any like TV shows or, or movies that you've uh, really enjoyed lately that 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 you've gotten sure. into?
1: Yeah, so I'm watching the second season of Dollface right now on Hulu, which I really enjoy. It's Kat Dennings and Brenda Song. And oh, Shane I did
0: I did see this on uh, Hulu. Yeah,
1: actually. I really liked the first season. It's just it's enjoyable. There's a light fantasy element. They're kind of. I don't. I don't even know if it's the reality show, but little hallucinations or little moments of the fantastical. You know, a character will enter a world that's mm. not necessarily of the reality that you and I are in. So they kind of right. dip outside of that. Uh, I just did a big rewatch of The Sopranos. Of course. Oh. You know, always. I grew up five minutes from the Bada Bing, so of course, wow. you know, it just has to be done. Uh,
0: that's crazy. I don't know if it's-
1: let me see what i've been watching lately i've like i always keep a little calendar of you know what i've been watching uh i'm watching the gilded age right now which i'm only watching for carrie coon my my queen the queen of my life (laughs) um Mm. i yeah that's so you know everyone watch the leftovers if you're looking for a show watch the leftovers it's on hbo it's fantastic Mm. uh i just watched all four episodes of we need to talk about cosby the new docu-series by W. Kamal Bell. Fantastic. Um, broke my heart because I, I grew up loving the Cosby show. And oh, the fact that I have yeah. not been able to watch it in many years has been a sincere heart. Like, you know, it's just instantly, it was like, oh, we can never enjoy this show again. Yeah. Was, you know, and like, as a survivor, it's like, oh, the portrayal of having grown up loving this this man and this character in this show. Um yeah, just awful, but the documentary was fantastic. I, uh, let's see. Anything else? I'm trying to think of what I just watched. Um, I oh, I just watched The Cheap Detective, which is a like 70s mm-hmm. Peter Falk movie. Ooh. It's a sort of satire spin on the Maltese Falcon and these classic wars and, uh,
0: I, I no, love just- I love Columbo by the way I am like
1: okay big yeah Col- we're a, we're big Columbo, Columbo house
0: big big Columbo guy over here yes I got I got my uh, girlfriend so- hooked on it too so it's it, we're we're just we're just like binge watching. We're, binge watching we're binge watching Columbo it's
1: <laughs> moment. I'm very glad it's having its moment yeah I would definitely recommend the Cheap Detective then I mean it's got Madeline Kahn and like mm. when is anything ever gone wrong you know it yeah. features Madeline Kahn the Queen uh I like that whole you know. The Mel Brooksiness of it all. Hmm. And uh I'm watching Monk right now. Oh just doing a gentle rewatch of Monk at night. Uh Monk will get its moment after Columbo. Because Columbo right now, people are like, I see all over Twitter. They're like, oh my God, I'm watching Columbo with my fiance, blah, blah blah Yeah. Monk is basically new Columbo. Yeah. Yeah. They're very similar. So I hope that Monk gets its moment. I literally have a t-shirt in my closet that says, I simply love Tony Shaloub. It's one of those like things you get on Amazon where it's like, you know, I'm a badass 53-year-old oh, chicken mom. Uh, so it's like one of those where it says, I simply love Tony Shaloub and I love it and I wear it proudly. And I've had a couple people, as they've seen me wear it, they're like, What is this shirt? And I'm like, it,
0: what, says, it is what it is. I simply
1: love Tony Shaloub. What else do you need to know? The man is an acting genius. He makes me cry. He makes me laugh. He makes me think. I don't know what I have to explain to you guys. I simply love Tony Shalhoub. <laughs>
0: oh so, yeah, the, the I oddly recommend Monk. the oddly specific Facebook shirts that are just like, yeah, I'm a
1: 75
0: year old NASCAR fan that like born in the, April. born in April. <laughs> it's
1: always weird that they put the month. It's like it's like okay, it's not even like I'm a Leo or I'm an Aries. It's yeah, like I was born in April. It's like.
0: Okay. okay. That's cool. Like, uh, all right. Yes. Thanks. Uh, thanks for describing your whole personality on the <laughs> shirt. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so who? what would you say are some of your best support systems in your life?
1: Oh God. Um, my three best friends are wonderful. I'm so lucky I have them. I have Matt and Erica and Catherine shout out to those three. My, you know, people I can go to with all of my trauma. They are just the willful recipients of all of my trauma dumping. uh, And I thank them for that every day. Um, My support, you know, my voice teachers are all wonderful. Chelsea is the most supportive person I've ever met in my life. Uh, You know, I've been working with Grace Chermack from the Farnsworth Studio, incredible. Vanessa from You Can Sing, you know, I, I am the one who always says like, I'm not a good singer, but you know, or I need to work on this. And I'm Mm -hmm. constantly bringing that to them ahead of every session. Like I didn't sound good this morning in my warm up, you know, whatever. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they are, and I love them for it, realistic about what I need to improve, but they, they do it in such a supportive way. So, you know, in my life, it is just nice to have these cheerleaders and they're all in groups of three weirdly enough hmm. um and right now you know the guys at love grove as i'm working on this ep have been so wonderful so supportive you know excited my songwriting process is not easy in that i don't come to them and i'm like oh i have this little chord strumming pattern i'm like i have lyrics i can sing it for you to a click maybe and I have these three songs that it sounds like, what can you do? Mm. And if you listen to mysteries, my hope is that people wouldn't realize that they would just hear it. Like they hear any other song, but you know, that's what these guys are doing with the stuff on my EP. And I constantly go to them and I'm like, I suck. I stink. You know, I have that imposter syndrome. Like the second I became an artist, I unlocked that imposter syndrome and it's It's rampant.
0: Wicked. (laughs)
1: it's awful it's why people don't make art it stinks and they instead are just really supportive and again realists like nobody is blowing smoke up my ass saying tara you're the greatest singer i've ever heard in my life they're like okay this song works well for you this one maybe we should add some harmonies to make Mm. this part sound stronger um because i i don't want to be hit over the head with false positivity right now we're in a weird place in our world and so just telling me i'm the greatest thing to ever happen since sliced bread is not
0: constructive it's not going to
1: make me feel good it's just going to make me feel bad that i'm beating myself up so much but people who listen to me and work on creative solutions to what i'm beating myself up about instead of lying Mm -hmm. that's what i need and my friends are wonderful and do uplift me and say the kindest things but The ones I treasure most are the ones who will look at me and go, hey, you're an idiot. (laughs) Stop saying this. Get over this. Stop doing this. Just move on. You know, that's them. Or like, this guy that you were in love with was a moron. What were you doing? I wanted to tell you the whole time. And guess what? I did. And you just didn't listen. (laughs) Those are the people that I cherish above anyone who's just like, you're so good. You're so amazing. You're so perfect. Cause Mm. I'm not, none of us is, none of us is perfect. So those are my support people, my three best friends and my dearest musical collaborators who I look forward to talking to every day and working with every day because beyond, you know, my friends are there for when my dreams come true and my collaborators are there to make my dreams come true. So they're all very dear to me.
0: Producers are magicians. <laughs> oh, my two are. Yeah. <laughs> the best. It's like, it's like, for me, it's like watching a mage. It's like, how, <laughs> what did you, yeah. how did you do that?
1: <laughs> they both, they're both verbal, but they're like pen and Teller level of good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, it's it's, it's wild wild producers do not get nearly enough love that they should
1: (laughs) not at all but see that's like what you're doing here you are producing something that gives an artist the opportunity to express their work and shine you are an unsung hero my friend and i'm gonna put my finger right into the, (laughs) the eye of the camera to remind you of that you are doing something that uplifts art and artists all of those roles should be rewarded.
0: I appreciate that. That <laughs> it really it's is. True. It really is nice to hear that. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, so course. how do you how do you feel like you market yourself? Like actually, I mean, we kind of co- talked about this just a little bit. We dabbled in this a little bit before. When you say like some of your other musician friends are like, how the hell do you do this? Like, how do you how do you do this? So <laughs> so like
1: sure. I have a natural, you know, I, I'm an extrovert, I'm able to just talk to people, I'm able to just send someone a message like you, I'm pretty sure I just sent you a message like, hey, here's my music and you were like, who is this? Okay, cool. Oh, I like this. And then you and I started talking. And then, you know, you and I had this, this bonding moment of, you know, having recently lost grandparents and and connecting in that way. And as soon as I heard about that in your life, I was like, Oh, my God, let me check in because like, I know how this feels. And I like to just find ways to relate to people at this point instead of looking for ways to differ myself from people. So, you know, I'm not afraid to just send a message to someone on Instagram or send an email Mm -hmm. to someone at a radio station and say, hi, this is my song or hi, I'm Tara, you know, whatever I do. And then I treat relationships, friendships as the most important thing to do with my time so checking in saying hey how are you how you feeling today i know it hasn't been an easy month that's an easy thing for me to do it's important to me to check in on people that i'm you know that i care about that i'm in this world with that i know right uh and that in turn you know merits people wanting to support you it's it's not why i do it but
2: yeah
1: you reached out to me you're like hey let's let's do this let's talk let's connect yeah And here I am, you know, talking about my music and hopefully people listen to it. So that's how it works. And I see that as important. Um, My music is made with the intent to resonate with people, to tell my truth to people. It's all about connection. And the work I do to promote myself, which is instead of just, you know, there are things you can do on Instagram, you can like pay someone. $10 and they'll post a blog post about you or whatever. I really want to instead build meaningful relationships with people like you who are then excited about what I have and we can mutually uplift each other.
2: Right.
1: You know, with a lot of the bloggers I've worked with, you know, even very small publications. Yeah. Okay. Like they're uplifting me to their readership. I am uplifting them to my followers. And we're just taking care of each other. And I think that's nice. And I think it's well worth it. Uh, Even if it's something that people might go, oh, like, why is she talking to this random person who, you know, this like 17 year old blogger who has a high school music blog? It's like, well, first of all, that person might become really famous someday. Who knows? And second, like, I would love to just uplift them and they're excited about uplifting me. So, yeah, I. The way I promote myself is just building relationships, maintaining those relationships because I know they pay off, and then I will have the opportunity to take care of my people in turn. Yeah,
0: I think this is a thing that people overlook so much, and it's actually incredibly simple, as you've put it. Um, it's really just being yourself to people, and just really just yeah, just reaching out to people and just forming meaningful connections with people, not the fake business card connections. And trust me, being in business school, I saw a lot of those and it made me regret my whole decision of going to business school because I saw how extremely fake and awful a lot of these um, career building conventions were. They're all transactional. It it is the most fake disgustingly fake um, amount of human or interaction I have ever experienced in my life. It is literally like robots talking to each other with no intent of anything being established. It's just a bunch of facade. um, And whereas what you're doing, what I like to do, you know, Mm -hmm. and actually just talking to people and see finding things you can relate to with people. And, you know, that's what, ends up happening and then you you know you can support each other and do things for each other and you know that's when you can form like meaningful connections that could actually lead to something you know it's not about oh how can i like it's not always about oh how do i you know market this so i stand out i mean yeah there's parts of it that definitely can you know help you in that but like you said the basis the real meat and potatoes of it is just talking to people and being interactive with people
1: like in my in my day job at one point i was being sent by my boss to networking events mm. and i was the one pitching the company's services and that's how i learned that i'm good at networking i didn't really know that i was like oh a networker but yeah. apparently i'm a master networker and uh what people would do is they would like call my boss and I'm like oh my god your assistant is so great like she actually was a real person who asked me who I am besides just uh, oh what do you sell and what can you do for me right uh, right and that's that's important people just want to like people just want to talk about what they care about so even if you're there to sell office furniture but I'm like oh who is that picture on your necklace or what is that name on your necklace and they're like oh that's my daughter it's so gonna tell me about her I'd much rather hear about your daughter than the office furniture you're selling me. And you would much rather talk about your daughter than about office furniture. And then we keep in touch as real genuine people. And if I need to get a couple of desks, I know who to call because then you're my friend. And that's, I guess what I was able to translate into the marketing I do for myself as a musician, just getting to know people. You and I had a really special shared tragic thing to talk about together, but That's something that, you know, you can reach out to me at any time to talk to you about. And I could probably say, hey, like, you know, how you doing? I'm kind of feeling shitty about this anniversary or holiday coming up. And it's that we have in common. We have music in common. The fact that we both have things that we want to promote and get people to listen to (laughs) feels ancillary to me. Right. Right now, you and I are having a conversation. That's more important to me. And I think people do see promoting themselves as grabby or transactional and they're not framing it as just the chance to get to know people. Right. Yeah. And I hope that they can and say, oh, you know what? Like, yeah, it'd be great to be friends with a bunch of DJs. They can just share new music with me. And then in turn, when I have one to send to them, they'll play it. Right. But I, I'm meeting someone whose whole job it is to curate music. That's cool. They'll tell me what to listen to. That's a great thing to have. That's not... Me getting money or me getting yeah. famous. It's just, oh, this is a cool person to have in my life. Right. But yeah, it's it doesn't have to be scary. Also, I would recommend like getting a really good biography together, something you can just copy and paste an email to a hundred people. Mm-hmm. Uh and another tip: if you know a college student or you find a college network of young kids who are learning how to do comms and PR and you have some money to spend on PR stuff, bring them in as like an intern. You know, a lot of these kids are looking for ways to build their business relationships and, you know, put together press sheets and what better way to do that than for a musician who's actively making a product to sell. And it's not just like a a capstone project in their class in theory. So, you know, find uh, opportunities to bring people in and, uh, you know, if if you have the resources too, that's great. Bring on like an intern for a couple of weeks. Do that as a project, and work with that person on sending out pitches.
0: I love that idea. I that's actually really cool. I never even thought to do that. So that's actually a very very cool and neat idea that could really actually help some younger kids to the college students in the process. Yeah. and Yeah. That's that's really neat. Yeah, it's it's like being grabby, I think, is just it's just not the way to go, Um, you know, in, in terms of this stuff. Uh, I, I actually dealt with this actually already with my show, and, and I'm not going to name any names here uh, and, sure. the, and the purpose of being, you know, not a jerk or anything. But, yeah, I had I had a, a certain someone basically email me their resume as to speak of how many radio shows they've been on and like how many appearances they've made and what they've done their entire music like and and no relationship established basically and then I was like okay well you know when I have time I'll try to read it you know but it's it was like literally just like a wall of text of just you know Worked. here's what i'm good at yeah, yeah. and and, oh, and there was no attempt at facilitating any sort of conversation it was just like here we go and then i was asked subsequently when are we doing the podcast
1: mm.
0: and yeah see
1: it didn't call to you it switch- didn't call to you and
0: to that switch was turned off very quickly um yeah uh that to me signifies you have no real intention of like wanting to have a meaningful conversation. You just want to have a copy paste interview of Yeah. Yeah. And I just I don't know. And to me, it just didn't rub me the right way. Um sure. and, I, and I think that's a good lesson on what not to do when um doing things. It's you know, sometimes you I think we get wrapped up in this idea of we, we have to just send people our resume and then it's like automatically we're just like expecting this, like, okay. You know, it's not about that. It's more or less just like making Connection. connections with people, you know, and what it is. That,
1: yeah.
0: Unfortunately,
1: so, yeah. or,
0: Oh, so yeah. No, Sorry, I'm, just, I'm just saying it's like, that's kind of just for me, that's a kind of a, what not to do. I, I mean, I know some people are different, but to me as a, a person that wants to, get to really know people that's not me getting to know you that's like i'm getting to know a piece of paper that has your yeah so, your so-called accomplishments and what you've done on it it doesn't really make me know you as a person and want to get to know yeah. you more as an artist or you know it's, I don't it's
1: know. a business transaction which is no fun for any like it's no fun yeah for it just made
0: I, it very not fun right it's a very good sure. way to put it
1: I say this a lot because I, again, like everyone that I talk to who is not really big on musical promo, they're like, I don't want to be seen as grabby. I don't want to be asking my followers or my friends really, you know, their friends and family who follow them. I don't want to ask them for things all the time. Like, oh, listen to my single, like this post, save this post. And I try to not do that super often. I tell people like, hey, my music is out, go stream it. But I try to not say, "Oh, I need this post to hit this many yeah. likes." Go like. Try to not do that. Uh, I just put like hashtags and things to strategically get it in the eyes of more people. But I and I don't know if this is helpful. And it sounds kind of bleak, but in a way, anyone who is creating art or content is a bit of a narcissist i'm not saying we're narcissists like i'm not saying that you know you or i as a clinically diagnosed narcissist but if we think our stuff is good enough or interesting enough or our voice is good enough to put it on the radio We we think so. We think our voice deserves to be heard. It's a little bit of narcissism. It's good narcissism because <laughs> yeah. otherwise, art wouldn't get made. Uh, there would be no art if we didn't yeah. think, oh, this is important enough for me to record and play and sing. So, if already if you've made this music, you're already a little bit of a narcissist. So it's just a natural, just a little. Eh like just, one just, inch further down Just the line. Lean, lean
0: into it a little more. Just lean <laughs> into it.
1: listen to my stuff. We all kind of want to be rock stars. You know, the people who I guess don't want to be rock stars are like session musicians who score things for movies mm. but honestly a lot of them probably wanted to be a rock star or still do you know i think if you make art you have that tiny narcissist spark in you that says hey this was good enough to make this was good enough to create and send out into right. the world so just like lean into it get rich get famous and then do a bunch of good deeds for other people And then your art will actually have value. Like, that's kind of what I've been trying to do. My first single, um, Mm. when I sent it to the person I wrote it about, like, well, before it came out, I was just like, hey, I wrote this. It's coming out at some point. I had said, you know, because the first song talks about, uh, you know, substance abuse and substance issues. Mm. And I said, I will not name who you are to anyone. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, the song's about this person, even though a lot of people in my life know the person. All right. uh, and I'm not going to exploit your period of addiction for profit. I can't do it. No. I, I just I can't do it. So uh, all of the proceeds from band camp sales have gone to a, uh, oh. a harm reduction coalition in Philly called uh, Prevention Point Philadelphia. So I literally was able to make these donations to this group with the sales of my music. And that to me felt good because I was like, OK, I made this art where I was talking about my ex-boyfriend and I put it out and people heard it. And, I, you know, his his situation, whether I like it or not, you know, anytime we write music about someone else, we are kind of exploiting. Yeah, we are. To be honest, we are yeah. kind of exploiting their story, you know, unless we're both writing The same story, and we're both putting it out, you know, we are kind of taking from that person. Uh, So I was really honored with that first song that I was able to give it, you know, give something back to a a contingent of people who really need support and resources. So that's been my kind of take of like, oh, okay, yeah, I made something. I thought my voice sounded okay on it, you know, I thought my lyrics were something great. And I put it out, but I was able to do some good with it. And people resonated with it and felt seen by it. So don't be afraid to ask people around you to listen to your music. Don't be afraid to post a video of you singing. Don't be afraid to email your, you know, the radio station where you went to college and say, hey, I'm an alumni. I'd love to send you my song. You know, I really loved listening to this station when I went there. Could you check it out? they'll probably say it's a nice thing and people like to you know be approached they do that's the other thing too people don't realize like oh you think my blog is cool enough that you think you know that you should be on it thank you yeah okay i'll listen to your stuff that happens a lot it does people are good a lot of the time the rest of the time they're awful but (laughs) good and they want to connect and they want to you know if someone reaches out they do often take it as a compliment it's the the closed people who uh feel that there are no mysteries left mm-hmm. it's the closed people who are like oh who is this they only have 120 followers you're like Ugh. we don't need to do that we gross. don't need to do that please
0: that's so gross uh I, just connect I, yeah it, but i i it was actually one of the questions i usually ask people is like how do you like to give back with your music then you Ooh. obviously that just answered my question uh, so sure. i i think that's absolutely amazing that you do that um i i mean it's it's as an artist you know, we're, you know you're definitely not making a lot of money with this as it is um it's, no. uh, let's be real not me not yet <laughs> let's be real music industry is uh is a a, not a friendly, uh, financial, uh, beast. Well, I'll I'll put it that way. And, um, the fact that you even were able to do that, um, is, is, awesome. Uh, especially just starting out. Uh, I think that it really is a test to who you are as a person and your generosity as a person. And I think that's, um, an incredible gesture so uh, I really appreciate people that do that with their music and well
1: thank you yeah uh, it was important in that case that I I used this song for you know for something else not just uh and you know I've very I was very well within my rights to just release that song and and collect the money for myself again it's not a lot uh you know I have used some royalties to Pay to release my next track because you have to, you know, distribute that track through a yeah. paid service. I think a oh, lot of yeah. Casual listeners don't know about TuneCore and these kinds of platforms, but
0: DistroKid yeah. and all that. Yeah, you
1: have to pay like $30 an album to on, uh, put funds. it on Spotify for a year. So I've used royalties to just Ugh. infuse more releases out there. But, you know, I, in that one case, I said, you know, this is someone I love. And I did not want to exploit their situation. I wanted to do some good with this. And, you know, and they, I mean, they gave me their blessing long ago to release the song. Didn't ask me to change any lyrics. You know, they were just like, you, you do what you need to do. You kind of deserve to do that for how I acted and how I treated you. And I was like, okay, yes, I do. But I'm not going to be a gloating jerk about it. So, yeah. Yeah. I like to, I like to get back, you know, as you see, as you've seen personally, you know, I I've developed a following on Instagram and I like to use that to boost mutual aid funds. You know, I have a, um, I was approached to make like a, a cologne, like a unisex fragrance. It was like an influencer kind of thing. And I told the company, I was like, I'll do this. It's called get sweaty. There's a link on my Instagram bio to like buy it or design your own fragrance through this site. And I've donated all of those proceeds to different mutual aid funds. Cause it's not so much money that I can pay my rent with it. It's kind of like pocket change that I earn from these musical things for, for now. Yeah. So, you know, I can just donate that pocket change to different causes I care about. Uh, get Sweaty, the fragrance. I donated some money to uh, an eating disorder awareness organization that one of my followers suggested i donated to hips dc which is a really really great sex worker coalition in dc they provide resources to sex workers who either are in the industry and want to be or people who want to transition out and develop different career skills Mm. so it's a really non-judgmental place for these people to come and, and be safe and get what they need uh yeah so i try to as often as possible direct my followers and listeners to organizations that i believe in and believe that they should support and just you know things going on in the world i'm not afraid to get political
0: hey that's there's nothing wrong with that you know like it's it's i think it's important to stand up for what you believe in you know and i think music is a good tool for that Mm. and I got us asked though. How how did we land on the name Sweaty Lamar? I, sure. I, how, how did how did we get there from Tara to Sweaty Lamar? I, gotta, I get asked that all the time. Yeah, um, this is this is going to be interesting.
1: So i I wanted something that wasn't my real full name. You know, obviously my real name is Tara, but I wanted something that when you Google me. You know i have a corporate day job i you know I'm, my boss is like always oh, like, send me your new music like he's actually very supportive which is very sweet but it wasn't always that way i wasn't always at a company where that uh, would be welcome and no. some of the lyrical content that i talk about is not stuff that i would want to send my bosses so i knew that i wanted something that wasn't my name also my last name is italian and people can never pronounce it right so i was like you know what And it chafes me every time I hear someone mispronounce my last name. I'm always just like, so like the last thing I would want to have before I'm like running out onto a stage somewhere is someone just butcher my, you know, my poor grandfather's last name. Uh, Like Like, the last thing I would want is that because I'd be running out like angry. The 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 inner Italian,
0: the inner angry Italian and you just awakens. It's just like, yes.
1: Yeah, I'd be walking on the stage of like, it's actually blah, 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 (laughs) dink, like, you know, just angry. And that's how we're starting things. Not good. So I knew I wanted that removed for professional and privacy reasons and also just pronunciation reasons. And I figured for me, my brand of humor and all that going for a celebrity pun name would be fun for me. I'm very pop cultural there are a lot of lyrics in my songs that are very specific to different pop culture things. I wrote a, I wrote a song that mentions baby Jessica, like the baby who got trapped in the well. Like oh there's, God. there's a lyric about baby Jessica in one of my songs. Like that's where I go when I'm writing my stuff that's kind of funny and more rock and wow. roll. Um, yeah. So that made sense for me. And I had toyed with a couple, but Hedy Lamar was an actress and a scientist. And Hetty Lamar's story is basically, she was this brilliant scientist and engineer. And she was a smoke show. And she was like, great. I'm going to put my legs and face on these cameras in Hollywood. And I'm going to make money to fund my scientific research. And she oh. did. And her scientific discoveries eventually led to the invention of Wi-Fi. Oh, wow. Like, Hetty's research is much of why we're all here yeah she you know she was an actress in the 30s and 40s so you know she was deploying certain projects during world war ii working on radar and i thought that was a great dichotomy to have you know not just a pretty face or someone who's luring you in with something and really doing something different and with me it's weird because everyone who knows me knows that i'm this foul-mouthed little demon from hell but i guess (laughs) my random followers in cairo and estonia who are new to the party are just like oh okay that's a pretty girl who wears eyeliner okay (laughs) you know and then they hear my music and they're like oh she's disgusting okay (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a different thing it's not just oh she seems sweet when we send her dms and you know because i do like you know if these people reach out i'm like oh thank you thank you for checking out the music like Again, that's part of the artist promotion. I'm not just leaving a bunch of people on red. I'm actually trying to connect. Mm. But yeah, so Hedy Lamar was the perfect choice for me, and I picked Sweaty Lamar because I'm a sweaty Italian. And again, I also thought it was funny that like for all of my, you know, my typical packaging with the makeup and the big hair and everything is like, yeah, kind of punk rock femme. Like I'm not. I don't really lean into the grungy thing. I you know. I wear a lot of metal t shirts, but like I'm still kind of femme. Uh, I thought sweaty was, again, that interesting dichotomy of Hedy Lamar being this beautiful, glamorous woman and making it sweaty. Cause every time I say, like, oh, my artist name is Sweaty Lamar to like family or a coworker, they're all like,
2: huh? What? <laughs> like they make a face
1: and they're like, what, sweaty. And I've had people on Instagram message me and they're like, did you misspell sweetie and i'm like did i misspell my own band name no no it's sweaty and they're like why and i'm like because i felt like it and yeah sometimes it's a little annoying because i'm writing these very poignant songs and it's like and now sweaty lamar with mysteries get your tissues ready and it doesn't- <laughs> but again for who i eventually plan to be this like badass rocker chick it makes perfect sense like leather Tuscadero and sweaty Lamar. And that's, you know, that's the vibe. So I'm going for
0: it. I really thought your name was like some sort of weird playoff of Kendrick Lamar. And and I was like, I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I'm trying to put like, I'm trying (laughs) to put like, I'm trying to put like, (laughs) like two and two together. I'm like, Kendrick Lamar, maybe. No, I did
1: just get a I did just get a follower whose last name is Lamar like I was looking and I was like oh Lamar and I was like oh siblings cute
2: okay
1: (laughs) yeah and I did have someone recently kind of they were writing a blog post and I I don't think it I think they they know my real name but they said like you know ended the sentence with period and then Lamar utilizes this this, this and I was like Oh, so that's like my other name now. Like Ms. (laughs)
2: Lamar. Your alter ego. (laughs) I've
1: gotten called like Ms. Lamar on a couple of occasions. I'm like, okay, I need to learn to respond to that. Because someday (laughs) someone's going to say that to me like at a show or something and be like, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> oh, they, it's me. No, okay.
0: Gotta learn to sign the autographs like that now, too, and everything. It's like a whole other lifestyle.
1: <laughs> nothing, nothing uh to do with Kendrick, though Kendrick I think is is a brilliant musician, brilliant writer. Um, but now I'm thinking that like some someone should do Hendrix Lamar hmm. and make it a Kendrick Lamar thing, but also Jimi Hendrix and do like wow. That fusion of you know Kendrick's modern sound with what Jimi Hendrix was doing.
0: <laughs> it's it's just, not
1: it's not gonna be me because I'm not good at guitar, but it's gonna be somebody who's doing Hendrix Lamar.
0: They'll, they'll just be like a whole like army of like Lamars and then it's just be like a whole coalition. Like
1: the Oh, co- it's like a drag family. yeah, oh yeah. i the like drag mom. That's yeah, cute. Okay, yeah, I'm go. open to that. All the Lamars call me, please, because I'm very <laughs> open to that. <laughs>
0: I think it, it was like it's like that when they had like the battle of the Joshes, like or something, and they had like all that yeah. one field together, and it would just that would just be all the Lomars.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think it, really it, instead of
0: a fight, that. it'll just be like a music festival.
1: <laughs> I'm super into that.
0: <laughs> it's the, the shit I come up with, and <laughs> <laughs> oh god. That's, uh, <laughs>
1: that's why we're doing this stuff, because we're too creative for our own good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um so kind of finish off, like what other smaller artists that you, do you like and support that you've come across uh, in your time now uh, in the music community online?
1: Oh, I love this question. Uh, number one, I because I listened to him this morning, got to give a shout out to my good, good friend, Jason Burke. That's B-E-R-K. Jason is a wonderful wonderful musician who can do things that i could not even begin to dream of um if you like elvis costello if you like the beatles (laughs) if you like ben lee if you like you know those kinds of guys you will love jason burke uh his new album strangers has been out for a while and i listen to it all the time um Mel and the tall boys. I love my good, good friend. Mel Johnston is an incredible singer. Uh, she's also in a project called the Foxy Johnston's with my friend, Kim Foxen. Mm -hmm. Those two have the most beautiful harmonies you could ever hope to hear. They are wonderful singers. And I look up to them so much. Um, let's see. Shannon Moser is an incredible artist who's based in Philadelphia where I, I lived for a number of years. Uh, I have yelled at every producer and collaborator I've ever worked with. Like, when am I getting my Shannon song? (laughs) Shannon is just a Marvel devastatingly beautiful voice, very unique voice, gorgeous, simple finger picking arrangements. Um, They have an album coming out this year and it is my number one, most anticipated musical release beyond my own, beyond my own. I am just waiting for that Shannon Moser record. Uh, Let's see. And I mean, they're, They're not smaller. They're much larger than mine, uh, than me. But I gotta, you know, rep my boys in Soul Glow. It is a black punk band. They are incredible, and they're they're my good buds. So definitely gotta shout them out.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Finally, what what advice do you have for other indie artists? You know, kind of close out here. Like, what what would you tell uh, other artists that are trying to start out?
1: Because I've given so much unsolicited advice already. Yeah, I, I just
0: want—I just want to milk you dry at this point. I just like.
1: I'll keep this simple. Um, don't be afraid to go personal. You know, first of all, a lot of times people are not looking at the lyrics so like by all means talk about your ex-girlfriend or talk mm-hmm. about your dad that you hate like go for it your dad is not gonna ha- know how to go on band camp and like look <sighs> at the lyrics like you can talk about your dad it's fine and when you post it on facebook that the new song is out just hide your family it'll be okay it's fine i plan on doing this at some point when i have songs about my previous sex life coming out like my, you know, my family will not be seeing those. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't be afraid to go personal. The lyrics that people love that I've written that they tell me they love are the ones that are literal things that happened. Like the, you know, hearts in the raindrops on my windshield from this new song. Someone did that, and it was a beautiful thing, and it made me feel good. And I put it in a song, and I've had people message me like, "Is that?" Like that really happened. I was like, yeah, it was the cutest thing that a guy's done for me, you know, in years at that point. Um, Don't be afraid to go personal because people will respond to it. You know, every, any Beatles song that doesn't have a detail, it's just, you know, eight days a week or whatever. At the end of the day, that's still something that had truth. I have to imagine that, you know, the Beatles like wrote songs about the women they were dating or people they met or st- stories they heard. It's all true. So sometimes the best stuff comes from when you just dig deep and you say, Oh, I was really hung over on a Tuesday <laughs> and I almost crashed my bike and I didn't. And I was so grateful that I didn't, that I decided to turn my life around. And yeah, you're maybe you're like, Oh, who would care? <laughs> well, someone's probably had a near death experience or whatever that, You know, came out of it and said, oh, I'm going to make a change. So people will look to take a personal connection from the music they enjoy. And they'll say, oh, that happened to me. Or like, I think that happened to me. Or, oh, I wish that would happen to me. Sometimes it's even that. Oh, I wish I had a love story like this. I wish I had a hookup like this. I wish I had a relationship with my grandmother like this one. I've actually gotten told that quite a bit lately. People are like, Aww. you know, I wasn't close to my grandma. and like, Aww. you know, maybe your song makes me wish that I had this grandparent or that I didn't lose my grandparent at a young age. You know, I've had that kind of response too. And people are like, oh, I admire that you have this. I'm like, well, yeah, I got lucky. And if it lets you sit in the song and hope for something different for your life, in a good way, I don't want people to be like, beat over the head with oh you didn't have this sucks for you but you know (laughs) with a lot of things that I write about I write about love and relationships and people might say oh or I wish I told a guy off like she got to in this song yeah music is an escape for a lot of people it's resonant to their own experiences but it's also an escape so give people the chance to live in other worlds give people the chance to live out other stories even if it's just for three minutes and that's my advice
0: i think that's pretty damn good advice (laughs) thank you thanks bud um thank you tara for for taking the time for for, uh for the show um i appreciate it follow her on social media at sweaty lamar with two r's at the end and uh instagram and you have a tiktok now which which i I I know is so i will
1: probably never use it but it is also sweaty lamar i that, that's I what can't. i thought
0: that's what i thought Dave,
1: i have to be honest with you i can't do i'm not gonna do the little dances i oh, I, I'm oh don't one for please you right now that no one gets to see okay I, my hope is that when my ep comes <laughs> out people will make dances and then, if the dance gets 3 million views, then I will do the dance. Otherwise, <laughs> no, I'm not initiating the dance. I'm not doing your dance. I am so sorry. I dance in my bathroom at 3 in the morning in my underwear. That is where I dance. That is where I am safe to do that. I don't need to put that for all of you to enjoy.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: um, I'm so sorry. But yeah, I am on TikTok, um, Band Camp. You can listen to my music sweatylamarmusic.bandcamp.com uh, all proceeds from i've always been in love with you go to prevention point philadelphia all proceeds from mysteries go towards funding my next ep um and i'm on spotify apple music whatever the hell deezer is i don't know her <laughs> deezer i hardly know her yes i don't know her uh i think i'm on youtube music And there are a couple of random small services that exist in different countries that maybe don't have access to Spotify for whatever reason. Uh, Every time I upload my music, it's like, do you want to upload to like Jambalaya? And I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? All right. That
0: sounds sounds awesome. (laughs) Whatever,
1: you know, whatever it is like, okay, it's in there. Oh, I'm on Tidal. Apparently Tidal has my music. So uh by all means check me out wherever wherever you would like oh facebook also facebook.com slash sweaty lamar i post updates there and i think that is everything from the promo side for me yeah
0: all right um again (laughs) Thank you for taking the thank time you. out of your day to do the show. Um, thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Viral Music Hub. Uh, thanks, I have yet, yet another episode probably coming later in the week um, with uh, Angela Wright. Uh, so we're uh, looking forward to definitely looking forward to doing that one as well. So thanks. Thank you all again for listening. Take care.